Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey, I'd like to thank one of our sponsors for today's show, Dusty Diamond Leather. Crystal over at Dusty Diamond Leather makes amazing handmade one-of-a-kind custom leather and beaded goods. Her products are basically works of art, and I know this firsthand because I just received two beautiful belts from her. I can literally say that they are the nicest belts I've, I've ever owned. You can learn more about Crystal's story and her business if you go back and listen to episode 26 of the Modern Cowboy podcast. And then, hey, head over to Dusty Diamond Leather on Instagram or Facebook and let her know that you heard about her on the Modern Cowboy podcast. Comment on one of her posts, screenshot it, and then DM it to us at the Modern Cowboy podcast on either Facebook or Instagram. Send an address that you would like us to mail one of our new Modern Cowboy stickers to, and we will ship you a sticker. So again, hey, check out Dusty Diamond Leather Instagram and Facebook, you won't be disappointed. And again, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for your support. I, I appreciate it more than you know. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. I'm really excited today to have a guest on, Charles Perry. He's a director and cinematographer, works in the film industry. Came across Charles, was doing some research. I had recently had Randy Savion from the Compton Cowboys and came across Charles' work, um, a documentary he's working on called The Black Cowboy. And so I reached out to Charles and uh, wanted to get him on the podcast and talk about his project and, and uh, um, you know, what, what, what other um, projects and things he's working on as well. Let's just go ahead and welcome Charles to the podcast. Charles, welcome to Modern Cowboy. Hey, thank you for having me. I um, I appreciate it. Now, now I, I know that you're a director and cinematographer, and uh, are are you involved in like cowboy lifestyle at all, or uh, is this just a, a a passion project that you got involved with? Let us know. Tell us how that started. You know, um, it's a it's a passion project, and and I'm a big fan of history and storytelling. You know, being, you know, I have a grandmother that used to tell me stories in her lap all the time. It's one of the things I just, um, I'm done, you know, and, um, and so you figure out, you know, becoming a filmmaker that there's a lot of stories out there that you just, you know, you just discover later on. Right. And, and how did you, how did you come across this project? Um, you know, to back up the story a little bit, um, I, went to college and um, played sports in Wyoming and then transferred over to Montana state, uh-huh. you know, playing sports. Um, and before I was a filmmaker, of course, and, and I um, seen Cowboys, you know, I have friends on the basketball team were Cowboys. I had like, you know, um, you know, friends were, you know, I grew up in a Cowboy town and Cowboy hats are, you know, pretty common in Wyoming and, and Montana. And um, once in a while, or this one time in particular, I seen a black guy in a cowboy hat in Montana, and I thought he was adopted. <laughs> you know, I didn't think it was a, you know, I just I didn't I didn't have any um um any 
idea of a black cowboy and and when you do see one like um um edward norton or a football player that played for dallas who wore a cowboy hat all the time or or somebody else i thought it was more of a costume than him being a real cowboy right when, when was when, when, when was this when you saw this this cowboy in in montana are you still in college yeah i was still in college and um, I seen a black cowboy, and I'm used to seeing like you know white cowboys in in Montana, and so it was really loud in my mind when I saw him. You know, I, I remember thinking that he was adopted, that right. somebody adopted him, took it, took him in, and made him into a cowboy. You know, and um, that stuck with me, even though I never one of those things he just don't talk about, but it has stuck with me for a long time. You know, and then going into filmmaking. Um, and being in the documentaries, um, um, I heard of um, this black rodeo driver across country um, in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of heard, heard about it and I just swung in there and I, um, I saw it and I thought, like, what is this going on? Everybody's black and it's a rodeo and why don't I know about this? And now I thought about that kid I saw like when in college. It's like, wait a minute, maybe that kid is from here. I mean, I didn't know that, but now that makes sense because now I'm thinking like maybe he wasn't adopted. Maybe he came from a place like this. Right. Was this film like your idea or, or was it somebody else's concept or did you? No, it is a hundred percent my idea. Um, only because, you know, I'm curious, you know, I want to know, I like to know where people come from and, and those things, and so I decided to um, um, come back the following year. You know, I, I took a job because getting to Oklahoma, you know, from you know the West Coast is the the airplane ticket is just as much as going to like a place like Jamaica or even Europe, you know. <laughs> and and so I'm like, well, do I really want to spend invest my own money going to Oklahoma with not knowing I get myself into? And so it happened that I found a job. You know, I took on a friend driving a U-Haul across country. And what I did is I flew into, you know, the East Coast and I took this U-Haul, which everything was paid for in my accommodation, and took that U-Haul straight to Oklahoma to go uh, let them know my intentions that I want to film um, the rodeos there. And so I pretty much walked inside City Hall, uh, met a, uh, my angel, I called her, um, Della Hicks. I worked for the Mogi City Hall and she helped me, guide me through you know, the black cowboy scene. Huh. Now, I'm, I'm, what, what town is it that you were in there? I, I didn't quite catch that. Oh, Okmulgee. It sounds pretty funny, but it's O-K-M-U-L-K-E-E. Okmulgee. Okay. So now the, the rodeos that you went there and started filming, were they just, were they all black rodeos? All black cowboys? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all black, you know. And the thing is, is like, you know, you go through history and – uh, let me let me digress a little bit. Um, you find out things in history, like um, like later on, you start piecing things together, you know, because you know they teach you so much, you know, and you know so much. You know, like you know about the Trail of Tears, and you know Oklahoma was set aside for Native Americans, but what is not talked about is that Trail of Tears consists of African Americans because it was post slavery, and um, they needed somewhere to go to. And the whites that were in the South, a lot of them were trying to figure out what to do with their 
you know, so-called Native American and Black problems. So the set aside Oklahoma for Native Americans, followed by the African Americans. And so Oklahoma was sovereign for, you know, a long time. It actually became a state in 1905, which is really late. And the reason why is because it was sovereign Oklahoma. It was it was sovereign territory for Native Americans and followed by Blacks. Huh. Very interesting. And you find, yeah, and you find that out, right? And then you find out that it had the same infrastructure of um of um of a, a sovereign society would have, like government and like you know bakers and builders and accountants and ranchers and cowboys. And you find that out. You know, and then you find out the Sooners came in and got overran by whites and everything became, you know, um, mixed in and integrated or whitewashed, whatever word you're going to use. But the thing that stayed strong today is the cowboy culture. And so that's the remnants of like these all black towns that still exist in Oklahoma that still keep their, um, that still have their um, cowboy culture, which is, um, which they still have their black rodeos. Very interesting. Now, I'm not familiar. I mean, I I know that I've probably seen that 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 town written before that you're talking about. Do they have a um a specific uh like rodeo organization there? Yeah, yeah. It's um actually um the Clarence Clarence LeBlanc um is and um and Roy LeBlanc. Actually, Roy LeBlanc is the father. Okay. Um, Kenneth and Clarence LeBlanc is the um son, but um um Roy LeBlanc is a um. He's an older cowboy. He's past since, but um, he started this. Um, him and a group of his friends started the Amogi Rodeo. Um, I think about sixty years ago. Okay. About sixty years ago, and um, or 50, I'm gonna just go ahead and say fifty years ago. And um, yeah, and it's an all black rodeo because, of course, it's like with baseball, things wasn't quite integrated yet. You know, and so baseball had the Negro Leagues and, you know, Black Cowboys had their own uh, rodeos so they can compete in. And so and so with that, um, it's not so much the Black rodeo. It's a rodeo, but it just so happened to be all Black people doing it, you know. Gotcha. Um, and anybody and anybody can compete in it. If they have money or whatever, anybody's welcome, but they just call it a Black rodeo because everybody's Black. <laughs> pretty much you know and so yeah so it's interesting um history and and knowing about like you know cowboy and cowboy history which i'm still learning right and so when when did you start this project the black cowboy um i started this project um i'm into my my fourth year mm-hmm. and i thought about it I, and i started the um the, the paperwork project like five years ago Okay. And so, and since then, like I picked up a um, writer, Art Burden. Um, he's a historian um, and professor, and he wrote about you know five books on actually on um, the westward expansion of African American in the West. And so he's my contributor writer actually for the documentary. And then, so how far along are you guys? on it so far i mean and do you have uh you know i know that you're you're i think i saw you guys are still you know trying to get funding um is that one of the things that's is that been a a challenge you know at this point or yeah you know funding is always a challenge for an independent filmmaker you know yeah. kind of things where you know it's expensive <laughs> it is expensive yeah. no matter how small your budget is you know 
and to do it the right way, you know, I have camera equipment I cause you know, mm-hmm. um embarrassingly I'm like more than my car, but you know, that's the that's what I choose to um, you know, spend resources on, you know. Right. And so but but I end up raising like the money initially is um from my own pocket and then I got um I did a crowdfunding campaign and raised um um, about twenty five thousand dollars for crowdfunding, which was a um a huge help, but you know it still need more funds, and I ran out of those funds and you know and then life kind of happens you know and um now um, um this recently, I decided to like just kind of pack up in my car now I have no money you know money no money left over for the film I took the all the disposable income I had, rented a car, packed up my camera equipment, I can shoot myself, we'll go out, and I went out and go um, shoot the last bit of the rodeos, which which was one of the best moves I've ever done. Yeah, um, you, you, re- you really got right down to the raw nitty-gritty and just went and made it happen. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and that's what we have to do sometimes, and especially if you don't have the proper budget. You know, and I have the skill set to do and you know, to shoot and to like direct and those things. So that part is never a problem for me. But um, but doing such, um, you get to go in to um, I I found out you know being solo, you have a chance to like get to know people even better. Mm-hmm. And then such and with that, then it's easier to shoot subjects in their natural environment. Like they kind of forget about the camera when they're just like one or two people you know shooting right you know and after a while you know you just become a you know you just observe and you observe people who you know african-americans who live in their in parts of oklahoma and like you know ride horses and and doing the cowboy thing you know and a ranching thing and a farming thing um they've been doing this all their lives I uh, and generations before them you know and yeah. so you find out that it's not a novelty it's just and and to get deep that to get deep inside that is um i think it's pretty special yeah absolutely so now through your work and in your studies have you come across you know the the great black cowboys like i mean well bill pickett is is one real famous uh black cowboy from you know real early on and then charlie sampson who's a bull rider and then fred whitfield is a calf roper have you uh, you know, have you talked to any of, uh, well, at least Fred or Charlie, have you talked to them uh, about any of this culture at all? Or is this just an obvious stuff that you've been working on in Oklahoma itself? Or Yeah, you know, it's, I've, it takes me um, everywhere, um, anywhere that there's um, black cowboys, actually, you know, mm-hmm. because I want to tell like the whole story, you know, and, and the documentary actually talks about like the history you know, kind of where cowboys come from and talks about the living legends of today and then into the future. And so it kind of encompasses um, all three of those things together. Right. Because when I started, you know, and getting back to my storytelling or how I discovered this, I really want to know where that African-American cowboy came from in Montana. You know, after I found I really want to know where it came from, you know. Right. And then, like, when I saw the rodeo, you know, I kind of want to know deeper than the black rodeo, but where did black cowboys come from? Right. And so that's the storyline I, I is, is talking about it. So it's not just so much the rodeo cowboys. It's just like, you know, the, um, it, it's not just about the rodeo cowboys. It's more about like, you know, where, 
you know, black people are, are black cowboys was always been a part of, um, of, you know, American expansion of the West always since day one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I, I'm, I'm really interested to know, do you have a, a, a date or are you close to, you know, being able to release the, the film or finishing it or where are you at in that, in that, process? you know, you know, and on um, the first year I was just going to like, you know, this shoot the black rodeo. Then it came the second year, made it better. And then the third year, um, I had a couple of hiccups with like a production crew and, you know, and like having, keeping talent or keeping people and trying to train it. You know, I made a mistake of trying to train some people up that was a little bit um, too, you know, not experienced enough and right. not led into problems, you know, but, you know, that's all fixed now. And, and after I went off on that um, cross country trip on my to Oklahoma and going to some of these people's houses and those things, Cowboys houses, that um, I picked up the Montana film grant. Um, which was, which is awesome. Yeah. So, you know, Montana film, um, film, excuse me, I'm going to just start over hopefully can tonight. Um, you know, Montana film office awarded, um, the black cowboy documentary, um, a $20,000 grant, which is awesome. Exactly what I needed. And not only that, not only the money, just the recognition because it got a chance to check my work and check my writing and check everything else, you know, to just to get that extra, um, you know, approval, you know, because right. it's these grants, getting these grants are, is a pretty tough competition. And so getting that allowed me to find more African-American stories that ended up where, you know, post-slavery, like African-American cowboys actually ended up way up north too, even in places in Montana. Right, exactly. So, and so in your, in the movie, you're going to, you're going to dive into to that history as well as current history, just uh, as far back as it goes and, and as far as it goes to now, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, is to the, the history of it, because like I said before, you know, African-Americans had a part of um, um, every part of the co- uh, country, even in Montana, you know, yeah. there were, there were um, black cowboys in the range and rustling cattle and, you know, herding them and everything else. Yeah. Now throughout all this, have you ridden any horses or have you got into the culture yourself at all or, or picked up a rope, you know, thought about getting on a, a bronc or anything like that? You know, I have, I have these fantasies, <laughs> you know, who doesn't, you know, what <laughs> yeah. kid, what kid doesn't have a cowboy fantasy, you know? And, and uh, I haven't, really because i'm so focused on the documentary that any kind of like you know i rather have people my crew going on a horse than me even though i want to go on there because i just need to have the camera in my hand all the time right you know and i and i imagine as soon as i get this documentary finished which is really close again to post after my trip to montana um me going back and revisiting um, so many places I've been to and people I met without a camera, Yeah, you know, and I'm really looking forward to, to like have not that anxiety, not having that anxiety to have a camera in my hand, um, meeting people. Right. Right. Uh, that's, that's great. So now you, you said that you are getting close to, to releasing it. How, how are you going to release it? Are you going to go to like film festivals initially? You know, what's that process going to look like? Or what are you, what are you hoping it to look like? Um, 
you know, releasing the documentary has been, um, you know, it's been, you know, I pushed it, I pushed it back. Like, I think I pushed it back three times, mm-hmm. you know, and roughly so. The first time was a little bit, maybe too ambitious with the timeline. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think the scope of the project would be as big as it is now. Right. And so my, um, my advice for, from a mentor was don't rush um, something that, that is bad. Right. You know, he told me that I have something good here. He's seen the footage. He likes it. But don't rush it if you um, can make something better, you know. Right. And there's limits to that. And this is my last year. I'm like, I maximize what I can do out of it. And, and like I said, picking up the Montana film grad is a huge deal. And then actually having some time away from it to look at the footage and have a new set of eyes on it, you know, just good. I believe it's going to be um, even better than if I were rushed it out in the first, first or second year. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and it, it's, it's a process too with, with anything, anything that's, you know, that's a, uh, a passion project and something that's, you know, just coming from your heart, you know, it, it's, it's going to take that course, you know, just naturally and you're going to end up with the best product that you can possibly have because, because of your, you know, your, your love for it. And which I think is, which I think is great. So now outside of, outside of this film, what other kind of work have you done? Have you, you, you do mostly documentaries or what else have you worked on or, or do you have coming up that you're working on? Well, you know, I have, um, I do, um, is this, uh, the black Cowboys my first feature length documentary. Okay. Um, and so, and before this, I've been um, a filmmaker as um, I do a lot of short films, do a lot of narratives and shoot them for other people. Um, and so this is my first, like, attempt, you know, or my first, my start at doing it on, you know, my concept, you know, kind of my shooting and producing it on my own. Yeah. Um, but now, like, um, I still film to, like, you know, pay bills, you know. Yeah. Like, um, I still film for other people. Um, actually, I'm filming down in Houston, not on somebody else's short film. So I do a lot of that type of work. Um, yeah. And then in the past, you know, I had a couple of short films that um, made it into like the Hollywood Film Festival, which is a big deal. Um, yeah, bigger deal than that dog. And so I got a lot of positive um, um, feedback from um, people who are not that close to me and I have no reason to tell me <laughs> something nice like my right. mom, you know. <laughs> and so that, that keeps me going, you know. Yeah, that's great. Well, I, I think that I think you, the timing for your, for your film is, is going to be perfect. I, I, the cowboy in the Western culture. And one of the reasons that I started this podcast too, is, is to bring awareness. I mean, the, the, the cowboy is an iconic American figure, but it's, it's an iconic figure around the world. And there's so many people yes. that are involved in it. Love, just like you said, how, how many kids just don't have a, a cowboy fantasy? I mean, and so many people, you know, just grow up, would love to get on a pony, love to ride a horse, you know, and it's it's not just you know one area or one group of people. It's it's everybody. I I think I think that your timing is 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 going to be just perfect because of the way that the sport of rodeo is growing right now in in all aspects uh, from the bull riding all the way through to all the other events at the national finals. Western and cowboy fashion is huge. You know the the Compton Cowboys. I just like I said, I interviewed Randy Savvy the other day. Um, that is a, a, another amazing part of the culture that I was completely unaware of. And, you know, like he even said, some of the people that even live in Compton are unaware of the area they're at and they're in a little area right 
in Compton. So I'm excited about, you know, seeing your film and, and, uh, and, and seeing where it goes. For years, FSR Cattle Company has been known for their premium roping cattle, used and endorsed by multiple world champions and NFR qualifiers. But did you know that FSR is also the home of quality rope horses for all levels, from professional team roping to the novice level? A trip to Weatherford, Texas and to the FSR headquarters will give you a variety of horses to choose from. FSR Cattle Company will arrange transport for your new horse back home and a free ride back to the airport for you. For your convenience, we accept credit cards for all horses found at FSR. We strongly believe in matching team ropers with horses they can work and win with. So when you back in the box on a horse you found at FSR Cattle Company, you know you're mounted to win. Visit us online at FSRCattleCompany.com or in the office at 817-598-1222 and let us help find your next winner. Again. That's FSRCattleCompany.com. But uh, you're talking about the Compton Cowboys, and you mentioned um, um, Charlie Samson. Right. You know, and and when Charlie was, um, you know, bull riding and, and like a top of his games in, in the, you know, early 80s, mm -hmm. um, and I went to college in Montana in 94, you know, people were, and my name is Charles, and people used to call me Charlie, Charlie, you know, <laughs> people would call me Charlie, you know, like the Cowboys out there would call me Charlie, yeah, like Charlie Samson, you know, right, and I, and he was a mythical figure to me, you know, because I never really seen him, and then when I heard of, I heard about him, you know, I saw this uh, amazing guy on a bull, like his highlights, you know, right, and he was a black cowboy, you know, and so that was the one novelty, I have, but I still, again, even when that knowledge, um, I didn't think like there were a, a black cowboy community out there. I thought he was the exception. Right. You know, and, um, and this is how, um, how like the world come together. And yeah. so I, I started this documentary and I didn't think I could get, ever get a hold of Charlie Samson because he's this mythical figure, like, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, how you get right. a hold of Michael Jordan, you know? Right, right. And so I didn't really, I didn't really attempt to get a hold of Charlie Samson. And when I got down to Oklahoma and interviewed um, Clarence LeBlanc, which is a living legend in himself, I'm um, still wrestling. Um, he's like, yeah, you should call my friend Charlie. I'm like, what? You, you know, Charlie, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And, you know, he gave me his number and I reached out to him a couple of times, but, you know, with the schedule being so busy and um, demanding those things, so it's kind of hard to track him down sometimes, you know. Right. But but when we became Facebook friends, um, I noticed that he's from Los Angeles. I thought that was weird. Uh -huh. And then I noticed that, then I noticed he went to Locke High School, which is the same high school as my mom. Oh, you're kidding <laughs> yeah and like i can't remember so what charlie i'm like i don't know I, I don't still don't know his story how he ended up in la he's from la and he went to like high school at the same time as my mom and my uncles he he knew he knew one of them or at least at the same you know same timeline as um, people in my family so that's, yeah that's crazy crazy small world small world yeah and and how about fred whitfield are you familiar with fred I'm familiar with Fred Whitfield. Um, haven't got a chance to see him, but um, but with the documentary I'm working on, is that it's really not so much about the rodeo cowboys, which right. 
has a big part of the, um, you know, is a big part of being a cowboy, the rodeo cowboys, but it's more right. about, um, like, how do blacks, the, the westward expansion of the West and the blacks who had a part of that. Right. You know, and like, I mean, like Oklahoma being a black only state at one point, you know, and like you're figuring it out, it's like kind of hard to believe, you know, that Oklahoma was sovereign territory and was a black, it had a black territory to Oklahoma and just, just to me, it's unbelievable, especially being a um, student of history and meeting other people who are historians or um, that major in history that they don't even know. Yeah, that's, I mean, I just find it amazing. Yeah, it's amazing to me because I, I, I never knew it, knew it either. So incredible. And and I'm not a historian, so that's why I picked up Art Burden and reached out to him, the author, and he's he the one that can check me. So all my um. So whatever I'm saying here, I know I'm pretty close. <laughs> right. It might be a little bit like a year or two or maybe a decade off at points, but but it's pretty accurate um, because I'm pretty much regurgitating um, information that people who are smarter than me um, told me in, in their books and those things. So. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's amazing. Now, do you, being you know, a filmmaker and cinematographer and everything, do you have a favorite Western film? I do like... Um, um, like Clint Eastwood movies. I was really into that younger mm-hmm. um, when, in my younger years and like a fistful of dollars and, you know, and, you know, when, once again, when I saw those movies, you know, like, you know, Clint Eastwood, you know, the American guy, it's like, he's always a good guy and the bad guys end up being, you know, the brown guy, you know, from uh, Mexico or whatever, but it was really no, once again, really no black representation. Right. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I grew up like in, and wanting to be a part of, um, you know, that society, and especially as a kid, you know. Yeah. But but the important thing is, is that like I never knew being a cowboy was an option for me. Yeah. You know, because I never seen a black cowboy. You know, it's not an option. You know, if you don't, if you kind of don't see yourself doing it, like somebody who looks like you on TV is, on TV or movies are just like kind of. You know, our our African American history of this country is more about you know civil rights and slavery, you know, right. and really don't have any part of um, you know, a lot of the positive things that happen in this country, you know. And so, I felt like you know being a cowboy was one of those dreams that was taken away from me as a kid. Right. And so this is another reason why it's one of my passion projects because seeing a black cowboy probably opened some other people's minds that like, you know that. Like their kid can do it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing too. Just in in the, with the growth of uh, rodeo and and as a worldwide sport, uh, you know, it just there's uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. There's you know there's scholarships, rodeo scholarships now. There's there's all kinds of things. And if you don't know, it's like something I really wanted to do when I was a kid, but I didn't really know how to get into it. But I would love to have been able to do it when I was, you know, younger. But it just opens a world for people to uh, to get into something that they may be interested in, but no, don't know that you know they can even get involved in it, like like yourself, you know. Yeah, and um, and actually too, um, you know, I, I'm going to mention Clarence LeBlanc and um, and um, and Kenneth LeBlanc down in Omogi, Oklahoma, South Tulsa. I mean, his door is pretty much open. You know, if you have some, you know, capabilities and like some and the will to, you know, to rodeo, 
I mean, it's some of the nicest people I've ever met, you know. And and not only that, like, um, even though they call it a black rodeo or a black cowboy and those things, no, he's, they're more integrated than you right. think. Like, like, you can always come over, it seems like. Like, you can just show up and maybe, like, you know, learn how to wrestle a deer and those, I mean, excuse me, steer. Right. Let's edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> like, how those going to laugh at me. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> and learn how to how to steer wrestle, you know. And Clarence LeBlanc would, yeah, Clarence LeBlanc is a person that will um, like teach people. Yeah, and you know, and that's one thing too, you know, about the the, the cowboy culture, you know, all around is is uh, you know it, it is a, a there you know it is a very welcoming culture. The people in it are really very nice, but sometimes it's hard to get you know, get into that, that culture if you're, you know, coming from the outside too. But, uh, it, it's, it, that is a great thing about it, you know, um, that it is, it's a, a very, you know, uh, welcoming group. And when you get in there, you know, everybody helps everybody, you know, even though, and like in the road, even though people are competing in, uh, in the same event, you know, and against each other, they're still there to help each other. Uh, that's, that's something I really love about it too. Yeah, and and you know, I have a unique experience being, you know, living in Montana and you know, being African American from LA and then experience some time in Oklahoma with, you know, the cowboy community and the cowboy community in um, Montana, Wyoming, you know like the mannerisms are the same. Right. You know, like if you ask like a rancher, you know, a black rancher or a black cowboy you know, and ask the same of um, a white cowboy and a right. white rancher, you know, the three things you care about, you know, is like, you know, family, God, maybe guns, third, right. you know, and, and, right. and that's, and that's the answer for both people, you know? Right. And so you find out that we're more alike than different. And Absolutely. even though I'm calling the black cowboys, the part, no, this is part of, um, it's putting the black cowboy part of place in American history. Right. You know, and and a, and a curious thing that happened on on the internet, on Facebook and social media, is that I have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. you know, that that's called the Black Cowboy, and um, I've been awarded a Montana Film Grant by going up to Montana and talking about their Black history that they don't know about in their state, you know, and yeah, with crazy. that, yeah, yeah, and and. And they love it, you know, and not they love it because, you know, it's a black thing. It's like it's their history, too. Right. And the people who accept that the history, it's like a discovery and they want to know more. Right. And so you find out these little stories about, you know, the African-Americans. And somebody just, just on Facebook, like, just wrote this um, um, letter to me about, like, yeah, her grandfather used to tell her stories about black cowboys um, in Montana that, that they were the best singers, you know, that because right. they had a campfire after days of um of um cattle herding or whatever they were doing, and they would set up a campfire and they would sing and like, you know, and around the campfires and that was this girl's memory, you know, of her grandfather telling stories about black cowboys. Yeah, you know, and then all of a sudden she like she would post she post that and it's online from Oklahoma and African American would tune in and say something and and all of a sudden this dialogue is happening between two people who were probably never would talk to each other. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's one of the great great things about social media. There's so many good ways that it's used in connecting people and, and educating people, and I think that's amazing. Um, I, I'm just looking here on uh, on uh, Facebook right now, and I can see right here where your documentary was awarded the Montana Film Grant, which is very cool. So that was was that pretty recently that 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 happened? Yeah, that was recently when I um I ran out of money. Right. <laughs> I ran out of film money. You know, and I went off on this adventure by myself to go film more, you know, to 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 go film. Uh, and like, I got to finish this project. This is the last year. And and which, as such, I went out to go film Clarence the Blind back at the last time for the rodeo and down at Elmogie. And I went down to Texas and uh, met Cleo Hearns and um and um interviewed him. And then that led me down to um. Um, Texas City, and I ran across um, um, the person named Harold Cash, which is um, one of the best um, Bronx writers in his day, and um, got a chance to hang out with him. And I spent the whole day with him, and um, I ended up going up to his attic um, after spending um, most of the day with him, and I found some eight millimeter tape that was from like maybe, you know, 40, 50 years ago. Of black rodeos no kidding and so like yeah yeah and and so that's just more of the um lack of a better word proof yeah. you know like like yeah it's, exactly. it's more than just hearsay it's more than just like um people talking about it it's more than just your imagination no this is the actual reel of eight millimeter of a you know black rodeo that was you know over 40 years ago yeah yeah, very very cool. Yeah, I'm as we're as we're sitting here doing the podcast, I'm I'm scrolling through you know your Facebook and just some of the images and content on here is is just incredible and great great pictures and yeah and those those pictures um that was taken like I I have to do I had to sell people on the string you know right because I don't have that much money you know and. And I had a photographer, um, a friend of mine, um, Ivan, um, Ivan, that totally helped me out with the images. So most of the images is from um, Ivan, mm-hmm. and um, you can find more of his work on on a Facebook page. Very cool. Now, now, Charles, do you do you have a? Um, uh, I, I I think on I don't know if it was your website or on your. Um, uh, maybe it's not on Facebook. I can't remember where I saw it, but I believe I saw you wearing a cowboy hat. So you you do own a cowboy hat right now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, is yeah. But you know, they, I don't have any passion sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a right hat or. Like well, right no, I was gonna. Somewhere. I was gonna ask you. Uh, yeah, man, the, the hat's right if you like it and it fits good. You know. Um, but it, it, but I thought you had like a um, a little American um, American Hat Company sticker on it, so it looked like it might have been an American Hat Company hat. I, I I was just I was just curious. I always ask everybody, you know, what's your favorite hat brand? So at least it looked like it. So you don't know what brand it is, do you? No, like it, no, no. If I I'm just trying to look the coolest as possible, really. Um, <laughs> I probably, you know, I don't really have a cowboy hat. I do have one, but I. You know, I just need to wear it more, get used to it. But really, I kind of let the the real cowboys wear their cowboys hats for the most part, you know. Yeah. Hey, well, being a real cowboy is in your heart. So, you know, you just put it on and walk the walk, right? Yeah. 
And um, and another thing I want to mention, um, you know, you're talking about funding. Um, one of my funders, um, um, J.R. Redman, which um, I went to high school with him and played sports with him actually, and mm-hmm. and he went on and go played for the NFL for the New England Patriots. It was on that first Super Bowl winning team. Huh. You know, people like him um, are the people who actually believe in this project and. And I had some report with that helped me along here because when I was pretty much out of money, one of the times I was out of money for the film, and, you know, he's one of the people that just, you know, supported me blindly, you know. And and we have history since high school. And then I had other people that um that I met randomly just like just fund me just for, you know, not just meeting me for a couple of hours. Right. You know, and so I'm like, I'm always amazed at these good people like Allison up in Boston, like it's one of those people where I met at Sundance, you know, and she just believed in my project and, and believe in this project and believe in it to be told. And she went ahead and, um, you know, gave me enough cash to get me through um, to the next lot. Yeah, that's that's so wonderful. So very cool. So now, hey, um, Charles, you said you, you, you played sports in, 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 was it college? What, what, what sports did you play? Um, I played basketball. Basketball? Okay. Yeah. And it, it, what, is, is, that your, is that like your game of choice right now, b-ball? Um, no, no. I'm 42 now. Knees are pretty bad. <laughs> and I find out I was more of an athlete than a um, – being a basketball player, so it's not when you can't jump and run past everybody, then it's kind of <laughs> you find out you have no skills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very cool, yeah. very cool. Well, hey, we're getting getting kind of close to the end of our time here. Uh, tell tell listeners where they can you know follow you and see you at um, and and follow the film. Best places. Yeah, um, Facebook has a, a strong presence on Facebook. So if you look up, simply look up the Black Cowboy, mm-hmm. and make sure you put the the Black Cowboy on Facebook. It should pop right up. Um, I invite you to like the page, or maybe um, I'm going to have. Um, I'm looking for new ways to fund the film, so I have shirts for sale. Okay. Uh, and then, and then on top of the shirts, because I just don't want to be all about me and my project. I actually want to give back. And a portion of those um, proceeds are going to go towards helping out um, black cowboys and uh, actually cowboys and cowgirls of all color. Okay, very you know? cool. And so I want a portion of that to go towards that. Um, I also want to give a, um, another shout out to the state of Montana film office for funding me the last part of the film and the Covalite Studios um, up in Butte, Montana. And then I'm out to Clarence LeBlanc and um, the LeBlancs and Kenneth down in Omogi, Oklahoma, and along with Denard Butler and those people who um, it's a part of the family helped me along the way, and Art Burden for giving me the 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 expertise and get guiding me on um, on telling the correct story. Yeah, very very cool. Really exciting, uh, Charles. I, I'll tell you, I really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, come on and talk to us. I'm, I'm really excited about your project. Uh, I look forward to seeing it, and, um, uh, you know, look forward to just staying in touch with you uh, through the process as you get it, uh, as you get it um, completed. Okay. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you um, reaching out to me. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
enjoy the rest of your day and we'll be in touch. Okay, thank you. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the roping pen. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same. The minute we ride in to the roping pen Well, I ain't no play speed But I give her hell, he can never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle and philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the roping pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the roping pen Turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen. Down at the roping pen.